Okay, good morning. The share should be your foolish lima Eitan Moshe Chaim Ben Esther and Chaim Lee Ben Or Yael, and for Yosef Noam Ben Rachel, and for a Eloi Nishmas Kamiyash Ben Reza, and for. Okay, today we have some amazing. <clears throat> okay, correct. Thank you. Uh, today we have some amazing, amazing stuff. As we are going to finish Marco Samir Hashem on Friday. Today is going to be a fun day. We're not going to do so much Gemara because there's not that much left. But we're going to start off with the Gemara. Darash, four lines from the bottom. Manchof Gimel, Amad Beis. Darash, Rav Simloi. Rav Simloi made the following drasha. Sheish meos v'shloshos rei mitzvos. There are tariyag mitzvos. 613. Okay, lavin. There are... 365 lavin, as we said yesterday, keminyan yimosachama, equaling the days of the solar calendar, umasai and varbar mishmona assays, and 248 assays, keneged evarav shel adam, reflecting the limbs, the bones of, of man. We're going to get back to this in a second. Amarav hamnuna, maikra, what does the Pasuk say? Rav hamnuna says, Torah tzivalan Moshe. he's learning a drasha to corroborate and back up what Rav Simloi said. How did Rav Simloi get to 613? Well, the word Torah is Bigamatria 611. And then, Shismeachad, Sreihave, there was 611. And then, So, and there were two extra mitzvahs, the first two of the Dibros, Anochi and Lo Yielecha. So, the question is, we started to talk about yesterday, um, how exactly did we get to 613? The question is, is 613 the starting point? And Rav Simloy and Rav Amnuna had to work backwards and find a, a drusha and a smachta to, to corroborate that? Or did they actually count up and get to 613? So it's actually a machlokas between all the Monet mitzvahs, the Bahag, the Balachas Gedolos, who was the first one to count the mitzvahs, is the only one who actually says that he actually tallied up the mitzvahs and got to 613. Most of the other Rishonim, uh, the Moni HaMitzvot includes the Rambam, the Ramban, the Smak, the Yirei, and the Smag, the Sefer Mitzvot Gedola, the Sefer Mitzvot Ketanos. They all hold that actually it, we have a, we have a, a, a Masorah of 613, and they work backwards to fill in the, fill in the gaps. Now, the, the Ramban asked the following question. It's really a fantastic kasha. Ramban, the Gemara says here we got 611 from the Gematria of Torah, and plus two that Moshe heard from, we all heard from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the first two Dibros. The Ramban Frechtekash, and he says as follows, I don't understand. If you actually look in the beginning of Yisro, also in Beschanan, it seems to be clearly that Hashem said all ten. By the Hashem, as kol hadvarim ha'ela lemor. What do you mean just two? Right before the Aserah Zadibros, the next post is Anochi Hashem Lukecha. So the Ramban says, Hashem gave over all of the Yudibros, the Aserah Zadibros, to Bnei Yisrael. So why are you telling me that only two were told over? <clears throat> Veschanan also, Moshe, when Moshe recounts the Torah, that says, Dibros, he also says clearly that everything is from, it's called Rimaela, everything's from Hashem. So how does our Gemara get to 613? It should really be 621. If the Gematria of Torah is 611, and then a Kodesh Baruch who told over 10 Dibros, 611 plus 10 is 621. Not like Rav Hamnuna learns out 611 plus 2. So the Ramban says, in truth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did tell over all 10 of the Dibros. B'nai Israel didn't understand them. The only two they actually understood was the first two. And his proof is that Moshe had to repeat all numbers three through eight. And his raya is, if you look at the Lashon of the, of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, of Dibros, the first one is Anochi Hashem Lokecha. I, first person. Yes? Anochi Hashem Lokecha, I took you out. 
The next one is Losisa, right? Don't go ahead. Sorry, Al Panai. On my face, everything is first person. The rest are all third person. Losisa Shemokecha Lashav. Not don't Losisa Shmi. It doesn't say Losirza. Listen enough. Everything is third third person. So the Ramban says the first two, it's a proof from the Psukim, the first two, there didn't need to be any intervention by Moshe. Moshe didn't have to interject, repeat it, and explain it. The rest all had to, had to be explained by Moshe. Therefore, it wasn't Akash Baruch Hu telling, but in the Psukim, it's not Akash Baruch Hu told us. Therefore, it's not in the first person. And therefore, even though Hashem did tell him all ten, they did not understand other than the first two. And that's how you get to the 613. Okay, good? Okay, Marty, your numbers guy. <clears throat> so you like the following: two hundred forty-eight. So we say here. We said yesterday, by the way, that Rochanani ben Akasha Omer Ratzkarosh Baruch Lezako says Yisrael, and we said one of the pshatim in that was the Maharsha. The Maharsha said that there are two hundred forty-eight assays and three hundred sixty-five los assays, and since it's much easier to mekayim mitzvah by refraining and not doing anything. Kalash Baruch was Mazakas, he was Marbe, Larabos, he made many more losases to give us a chance to be Mikhail more Mitzvah. 365 versus the 248. The question is the Gemara here says that 248 correspond to the limbs of the body. Now it happens to be that the, I know a little bit about this, the anatomy today says there are 208 bones. And, and, and that, that's today's anatomy. Now it could be that uh, talking about limbs and there's something called sesamoid bones, which are bones that float around. So anyway, maybe the bones are considered different there. But anyway, today's modern anatomy is 208. But anyway, in those times, it was 248. We have, though, a Gemara in Bechoros. The Gemara in Bechoros, Daf Memhe, gives the following story. The, there was a Zona, a, a prostitute, who was sentenced to death by the king. And Rabbi Shmuel's students were tasked with burning the body. And... When they were burning the body, they actually counted the number of bones, and they came up with 252. So they came up with 252 bones. So what, what happened was they said to Rabbi Shmuel, everyone knows it's 248. We counted 252. So Rabbi Shmuel said, there must have been, you must have been counting a woman's body. And Gosh Baruch gave her two hinges and two doors. What exactly that means it's related to pregnancy, obviously, but we're not exactly clear. So it seems to be that the... The Gemara in, in Bechorah says 252. There's a Tosos in Sota that says that when it comes to the Mei HaMa'arim, right, the Sota water, Mei HaMarim is also referred to, the Pasuk says, Mei HaMe'arim. And HaMe'arim is in Gematria 496. 496. So divided by 2, it's 248. Why? Because Tosa says, brings the Yushalmi that says, just like the water is bodek her to make sure that she didn't have any illicit relationship, it's also bodek him to make sure that he didn't have any illicit relationships. And so you get the Maim HaMe'arim, 248, it's 496. And therefore, we see from the Yushalmi that the actual number is 248. So you have a Machlokas, what's, it's 252, 248. Interesting, the Rambam says that 251, he was a doctor, where the Rambam got the 251 for, it's unclear. <clears throat> Interestingly, in Shema, the three parts of Shema are the 245 words, which is why, as the Chazan ends, he says, Hashem Okeichem Emes, and when we dive in Betzina, we say, Kel Melech Naaman, three words. 
So two forty-five plus three. Either the chazan saying Hashem, you know, the chazan is not supposed to say Ani Hashem Lokecha Memes. Sometimes they do, but then that's wrong. They're supposed to say Hashem Lokecha Memes. So two hundred forty-five words in Shema plus the three at the tail end by the chazan. Or for Davim Yichidus, we see Kel Melech Ne'aman, which is also Amen, right? Aleph Memnun. Kel Melech Ne'aman. So two hundred forty-eight. So they asked the question of the Minchas Elazar, was the Moon Kacharov. Says, what, what does a woman do? If a woman really has two hundred fifty-two. Does a woman, if she davens privately, should she say the words Kel Melch Ne'eman? Because if you're telling me it's 248, 245 words in Shema, and you add another three words, it's 248. It's not even her, it's not even relevant to her body anyway. She has 252, says the Gemara. So he says, I understand your question, but yes, because we're really doing it, the Avarim the, the that we are, we are referencing is not our own Avarim, it's the, what's called Zer Anpin. Basically, Akadosh Baruch was the Zohar as a whole thing, how the Zer Anpin, this concept was of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was really important in my Sabratius. In any event, it's not really referring to our Ivarim. Kibiyachot's referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But anyway, <coughs> that's just a, a small point. Anyway, so whether there's 248, 245, plus the 3, or 252, or the Ramah says 251, it seems to be a Machlokas, Bavli, and Yerushalmi. Now, this is fascinating. <coughs> so we said that there are 613 mitzvahs. There's a Gemara in Sota, the Dav Gimel discusses there, Machlokas, Rabbi Shu, and Rabbi Shmuel, the following three cases. The following three cases that we're about to enumerate, there's a Machlokas, whether it's a chiyuv, you have to do it, or it's optional. The first one, is our second reference to Sota today, is Vikines Ishto. If a man suspects that his wife committed an infidelity, he has to go ahead and warn her, and starts the whole process, does it again, she has to drink the water. Vikineis ishto, and he warns her. Must he warn her, or may he warn her? Okay, question number one. Number two, <clears throat> excuse me. We know when it comes to an Eved Knani, by an Eved, if he works six years, you free him. If he doesn't free him, he pierces his ear. An Eved Knani, la'ola mem tavodu, you have to work them forever. So we know by an Eved, if you go out six years, are you allowed to keep an Evid Ivri uh, Kanani longer, or must you keep him? Is it just that you can keep him longer than six years, but you don't have to, or must you? That's the second question. One is by Sota. Must you warn her to start the process, or are you allowed to warn her? Number two, also, if you're a, a slave owner, must you keep him forever in servitude, or are you allowed to keep more than six years, but you don't have to? And number three, the Pasuk says, La yitama. By a Kohen, a Kohen is allowed to become Tommy for the Zion Krovim. Parents, mother, father, siblings, children, mother, daughter, uh, uh, um, daughter, son, and a, um, and a wife, a spouse. So the Kohen is allowed to or must he become Tommy? These are three instances where Rabbi Shemal says all three are Rishos. The husband is allowed to go ahead and warn his wife. He's allowed, the Kohen is allowed to become Tommy, not must. And you're allowed to keep the Eved longer than the six years. Rabbi Kiva disagrees and says, say, all three are musts. You must go ahead and warn your wife to start the process. You must become Tommy for the seventh Krovim if you're a Kohen. And you must go ahead and keep the Eved in servitude forever. Says Tosfos, there in Sotadav Gimel, according to Rabbi Shmuel, he has three less mitzvos now. He only has 610. He has to come up with three other mitzvos. But Tosos doesn't give an answer. He doesn't say what those mitzvos are. According to Rabbi, Shmar, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says all three of those are mitzvos. So he fits the 613. According to Rabbi Akiva, sorry, according to Ishmael, he says all three of these are rishos. If all three are rishos, then 610, six, you're missing 611, 612, 613. Everyone understand the question? 
The Ramban says, Ramban doesn't believe that that's, that's to be the case. Ramban says, it's not how we learn. Ramban is saying, basically, that just because you're missing here, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to fill them, because Ramban asked the following question. This is what we started with. When we started with 613, was this an actual drusha? that he learned this limud, and based on this limud of Torah, 611 plus the extra two dibros, you get to 613? Or was it a Masora that we know handed down from Moshe Rabbeinu, generation 613, and this is just a remez. It's a nice, a smach, a nice remez, and the psukim would get to 613. But really, we knew 613, So Ramban says, that's the nafkamin here. In other words, if you hold it to a drasha, that we don't know 613, and he learned it from 611 plus two, maybe Rabbi Shemal doesn't agree to that. So who says he has to come up with an extra three? But let's assume for a second he has to come up with an extra three. So where does the extra three come from? The Tosos has not given an answer, but there's a fascinating, fascinating Gemara in Menachos. The Mishnah Menachos Ches says as follows, and this is gonna, we're gonna start a little bit of a tangent because this is amazing stuff. The last two dafi are just chock full of information. So basically, the Gemara there discusses that there's a, one time holds that the mitzvah of tzitzis, the four corners, is one mitzvah. There is a Tana who holds its four mitzvahs. Each individual corner is a separate mitzvah. Who is that Tana? Rabbi Shmuel. The Nitziv says, here he gets the extra three mitzvahs. Tosos doesn't say this, but, but, but the Nitziv suggests that everyone agrees that Sittis is one mitzvah. But yet Rabbi Shmuel, who's the same Tana, who says here that these three cases are rishus. You don't have to warn your wife. You don't have to become Taman. You don't have to enslave your, your Evid Kanani forever. He's, he's down three mitzvahs, so he holds sitzis or four mitzvahs, so he makes up the extra three. But there's one other amazing, amazing, amazing uh, possibility, and that is the Panam Yafos, we quote a lot, is the Rebbe of the Chassam Sofer, says something absolutely amazing. He says, tucked in at the very, very end of Parshas Yisro, again, the Panam Yafos also wrote the Sefer Hafla, the Panam Yafos happens to be on the Parsha, and he says something here absolutely amazing. He says as follows, there's a Pasuk tucked in here, it says... If you ever mizbech adama, next pasuk, I believe. Uh, okay, v'im mizbech avarim tasel. Yekosh says, if you were to build me a mizbech of stone, lo sivna esen gazis. Don't use the stones that are cut, because we don't want to use them with a sword, because it's not really appropriate to use the iron on, on a mizbech. Was kulo kadosh. Says Rashi. Rashi brings as follows. He says, Im normally uses the, means the word kasher, if you will, when. It's usually Lashon Rishos. And if you will do this, good. <clears throat> he says, though, he says that there were actually three cases here that are not Im, don't mean Rishos, but actually mean Chova. This is one, when you build a Mizbech, you're going to eventually have to build a Mizbech. Number two, im kesef talves ami, which is a very famous pasuk. If you go ahead and you loan other people money, so on and so forth. Mar says, what do you mean im? We're, we're obligated to give tzedakah, to give loans. So if im there doesn't mean if, it means you must. Similarly, the last one is, it says, um, it says, im im takrev minchas bikurim. You have to bring the omer, you have to bring the minchas omer. These are all obligations. So the very Shemal is the one who says these ims mean not if, but when. You must. So these are three, another three examples where he can count as a mitzvah even, and make up the 613. One last point. Any of the, any of the Avoda counted as mitzvahs? 
Yeah, but well, that, uh, the, the four separate ones, I don't think I counted as a separate mitzvah. Zricha, Zricha, Shechita, Halacha, Zricha, and Kabbalah. Chala, like things. Oh, those, yes. Yeah, so, Mafresh Chala. So, okay, so it's it not. No, Mafresh Chala yeah. is different. But what are you Same, talking about? Other, other things that are specific to the Kohanim that are mitzvah specifically. So why are we, you know, we, we're looking for mitzvahs to fill them in where they're missing. Right. But the Stam Hedyot. You know, some person who can't do those mitzvahs because they're not a Kohen. No one can fill all 630 mitzvahs. Unless right. you're living in Israel, so if you're a farmer. No, no, but there's still 630 mitzvahs for, for Gans Klai Israel. Uh, in other words, not for everyone. There's no one who can fill. First of all, some of us are... It, despite today's Israel. times that you can call yourself whatever gender you want, you know, some are gender specific. Right. Some are, you have to be a farmer. You have to be based on Mikdash. You have to be a Kohen. So, so, you can't switch teams for a day. Uh, yeah, yeah. <coughs> I'm not even going there. Yeah, what? Because everyone agrees yeah, it's at least one mitzvah. It's already one, already it's already one mitzvah. He just oh, cast a fork. The no, no. In other words, he's mitzvah is a mitzvah. Everyone agrees. That's already one. So that's already one. So he says there are four in total. Could he make an individual bracha? Probably not, because we'll see. It's interesting. The, so that it's a good segue. You always hit, you always lead to the next thing, which is great. So based to Steve's point, how do we define if something as one mitzvah or multiple mitzvahs? But I also thought about the <laughs> Yeah, but you don't get credit for it. The Gemara actually oh, says... So the Gemara says in, 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 um, in Kedush and Dafmem, Machshava Tova Mitzar for the Maisa. I'm trying to compliment you. Listen. Machshava Tova Mitzar for the Maisa. If you, if you actually think of doing a mitzvah, you get credit for it. But you didn't say it. Just for the record. So maybe Hashem will, Hashem will give you credit. But wow. but that's all you really need. I need Hashem's credit. Is it, anyway. Is a mitzvah wow. to always say but? To add the word but? Is that also a mitzvah? Are you knocking my gastroenterology <laughs> past? What are you talking about? What are you, ta- what are you talking about? I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'll explain to you. Okay. Well, that was like a dig at me? Okay. Okay. All right. It's on, Ayal. It's on. Okay. So now. <clears throat> I thought you're not doing it anymore. That's what I said in my past. Okay. So it's one mitzvah. Oh, so that's what I'm about to say now. So how do we decide if something is one mitzvah or two mitzvahs? So the general, in other words, if the parts of a mitzvah, tefillin, for example, is two parts, tzitzis has lavan and tcheles. How do we assume, kriyashma is two, b'shach b'chav kumecha. How do we decide if a mitzvah is counted as one or two? So the general rule is, if they're ma'akev each other, if they hold back the fulfillment, if you're missing one aspect, then it's all considered one mitzvah. For example, if you don't have dal and minim, if you're missing an esrog, are you yotze dal and minim? No. So it's one mitzvah. By, by uh, tefillin shal yad and tefillin shal rosh, if you don't have one, is it ma'akev? Yes. It's not ma'akev. You still put the other one on. Oh, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. It's not ma'akev, which means so it's two separate mitzvahs, okay? Also now, just as an aside, when you said the brachos, <coughs> there's an opinion of tosfos, who says if you only have the shell rosh, you make two brachas on it. So whether you make one bracha on each individual is not necessarily reflective if it's one mitzvah, two mitzvahs. But in general, in general, the halacha is if you, um, if, if part of the mitzvah is ma'akev, it holds back, prevents you from filling the whole mitzvah without that ingredient, then it's considered one mitzvah. If each ingredient is a separate, meaning you, that does not hold you back from fulfilling the mitzvah, it's considered two mitzvahs. Classic example is tefillin. Tefillin shayan, tefillin shalrash. Okay. Kriyashma. How do you get to, what about Kriyashma? Kriyashma is unique. So Kriyashma, we know we have to say it two separate times. B'shach b'cha, b'v'kumecha. The Rambam counts it, interestingly enough, as 
Well, let, let me ask you a question. It's, it's, would anyone say that if I don't say Shema at night, then I shouldn't say it in the morning? No, of course not. One has nothing to do with the other. So it would seem that it should be two separate mitzvahs because it's not ma'akev. If I miss Kriyat Shema at night, I still say it in the morning. Correct? Of course. So it's not ma'akev, and yet it's counted as one mitzvah. Why? So the Rav has a beautiful, beautiful understanding. The Rav says that we discussed before multiple times, for example, the classic Zavelis or Davening, there's a Maisa mitzvah and a Kiyama mitzvah. There's an act that we do. We rent our clothes. We don't shave. We don't have relations. We don't shower. We look gross, which is what you're supposed to do. But if all you're thinking about is the stock market or the Yankees, did you fulfill the mitzvah? You did the kiyum. Sorry, you did the Maisa mitzvah of Avelos. You didn't have the kiyum. If you just read the words of a page of a sitter as if you're reading Chinese, but you're thinking about work and there was no kavana, then you did the Maisa mitzvah of Tila. You didn't do the kiyum mitzvah. Says the Rav, same thing by Shema. What is the Maisa Mitzvah? Saying the three paragraphs. What's the Kiyum? Kabbalah Malcha Shemayim. So let me ask you a question. Are you Yotze Kabbalah Malcha Shemayim if you think about it for 90 seconds in the morning and 90 seconds at night? Is that really what Akash Baruch Hu wanted us? To think about him just for the 90 seconds it takes Shema to say in the morning and the, and the 90 seconds it takes at night to say it? Is that what he wanted? He says, if you look at the Rambam, the Rambam says so many times, Pa'amayim Bechol Yom. You have to say it twice a day. Why Says the Rav, it's to bookend your day, morning and night, right? Everything that's sandwiched in your day is reflective of what you start your day with and you end your day with. The Maisa Mitzvah is the whole day. The, sorry, the Kiyam Mitzvah is the whole day. The Rav says, if you don't have one of them, it's not a Mitzvah Bishlei Musa. Meaning it's not Ma'akev, but it's still not a Mitzvah Bishlei Musa. You're not fulfilling the whole, the whole Mitzvah. And Rabbi Sachs pointed out so magnificently based on, on the Rav comment in this, Rabbi Sachs brought it in the share, and he said the Rav made an um, amazing ha'ara, amazing diuk. There are 14 chapters, Yad HaChazak and the Rambam. At the beginning of each, the Rambam has a pasuk, which he basically uses as a keter, as an atara, for the beginning of that chapter. For Hilchos Kriyashma and Ava, he says, kol hayom This is the pasuk, that the Rambam chose to put over Hilchos Kriyashma and Sefer Ava. Kol Hayom Hisichasi. He could have picked any Pasuk. Mahati Torah I love your Torah. Kol Hayom Hisichasi. All day I'm thinking about it, which is beautiful because it fits in line with exactly what the Rav was saying. That Kabosu Machashemayim is not just by Bishach Bukhav Kumecha. You say the words Bishach Bukhav Kumecha. You say the words in the morning and night. But the thought of Kabosu Machashemayim should permeate our whole day in everything we do. And that's why it's a beautiful thought. So therefore, even though normally we hold the rule of thumb is if parts of a, of a, of a mitzvah are not ma'akev each other, it's two separate mitzvahs. If they are ma'akev each other, it's one mitzvah. Kriyashma, even though the two separate times are not ma'akev each other, still based on what the Rav says, that's a, is one day. If you only do one and, and one, one and you miss the other time slot, it's not a mitzvah bishle musa because you're not bookending your day in that's why it's only one mitzvah. Okay, beautiful. Next. All right, let's go on now. Okay, we do a little bit of Gemara. So, uh, sorry, I told you today was, was a lot of good stuff on here. So, we're up to now. Um, okay, so, we are now. So, basically, there's 613 mitzvahs. Comes David HaMelech and says there are 11 attributes that one should do. Oh, sorry. There are 11 attributes that one should do that basically 
will, if you, it's a machlokas, whether this is, these are mitzvos or these are just ways we should act. But if it's ways we should act, then you will fulfill all the mitzvos by doing this. What are these ways? He says to Baruch Hu, who can go ahead and rest in your tent? Who can go ahead and rest in your, in your holy house? Someone who is tamim. Upoel Sedek, who is an honest worker. Vidover Ms. Belvavo is speaks only the truth in his heart. Lo Rogal Alishono never goes ahead and speaks negatively. No Lo Asilareira didn't commit any wrongdoings to his neighbor, to his friend. Krovo did not impose any embarrassment on any of his close pe- uh, people in his circle. of Nimas, someone who is repulsive will be abhorrent in his eyes, meaning he 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 uh, he will view someone who is a, uh, a, a over avera as disgusting. Conversely, anyone who fears the Kaddish Baruch Hu, he will honor Nishba Laharav Loyomer. He can go ahead and make a self-deprecating Shavua and not renege on it. Well, the Gemara doesn't give examples of this. Kaspo Lo Nosan He never charged anyone. Gemara doesn't say even even uh, Goyim who were allowed to, but even he never charged anyone interest. Vishochad Al Naki Loloka, and he never took any bribes. These are eleven. Um, some say mitzvos, some say um, it's just, uh, it's just um, uh, ways to, to live our life by, a blueprint, a model to live our life by. So let's see, anyone who does these will never, uh, will never basically sin, and will always be around, and will always uh, be rewarded. So basically, Marika continues now, Holech Tomim, Ze Avram, the first of the 11 attributes that David mentions, Holech Tomim, is pure, that is Avram, as the Pasuk says, his holech lefanai veheye tamim. Walk in front of me and be tamim. I have to go ahead and, on a tangent on this. So Avram, it says, his holech lefanai veheye tamim. Be, walk in front of me and strive to be complete. Veheye tamim, you become complete. Noach is called an ish tzaddik tamim haya bedarosav. Noach is famously referred to as a tzaddik tamim. For some reason, we're all fascinated. Chazal was all fascinated with comparing Avram to Noach. Avram was great. Noach was. There's, there's always two sides to Noach. Whether he was a star, or wasn't a star. He was a star in only his generation. But at the end of the day, in 120 years, he only brought the same six, eight people into the teva. His wife, his three kids, and his three in-laws' kids. So he wasn't makar of anybody in 120 years. Is that successful? Rabbi Brody will tell you otherwise, right? So, yet we're so fascinated and enamored with connecting them. So let's see. Noach was called a tzaddik tamim. Avram was tamim. You'll still you can become pure. Wouldn't that suggest that Noah was on a higher level? tamim means hopefully you'll aspire. and you will become. Hisalechlef and I walk with me so that you should become pure. Noah was already called pure. Sorry, Shmuel Golden. If I can tell you to buy one set of parsha books on the parsha, without a doubt, unlocking the Torah text, it is fantastic. It is really, he asks the most poignant questions, the obvious questions, gives amazing answers, brings all that we've shown him. If you can buy it, unlocking the Torah text. It's fantastic. He discusses this and he says as follows. Noach was a yes man. Kosh Baruch told him, build a teva. He built a teva. Go into the teva. He went into the teva. Even when Noach knew the waters had receded and subsided, he still didn't leave the teva until he was told, same in a teva. Avram was the exact opposite. Avram was constantly struggling with every possibility, every confrontation. When Noah was told he's destroying the world, he was silent. 
tellingly silent, deafeningly silent. When Avram was told he's destroying Sodom, he challenged Hashem. Avram never waited to be told what to do next. He found the struggle on his own. When he found, when he came to Canaan and he saw that there was a famine, he didn't wait for Hashem to say, go down to Mitzrayim. Now, whether he showed a lack of emunas, the Mepharshim discussed there, should he have stayed there, even though Kodesh Baruch Hu gave him a, a, a famine there, Kodesh Baruch Hu told him to go there. When he heard that Lop was taken captive, he didn't ask Kodesh Baruch Hu, should I go? He went to fight to save Lop from Sodom. When Kodesh Baruch Hu promised him the whole Brisbane Asarim, he said, you're promising me this, how do I know I'm going to inherit it? He promises you know, this is, He says, all I have right now, Ben Messick, uh, basically Eliezer. He says, all I have right now is Eliezer. I don't have any kids. You promise me all these things. How am I now going to inherit it? I, right now, all of my only inheritance is going to be left to a Damascus guy, right? Eliezer. Every chance he had. And yet, and yet, there's, there's, a, there's, there's nothing wrong with being... Noah listened to every tzivah from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We shouldn't mock that. And yet, Chazal chose Avram as the one we should emulate. Why? Because life is not, in the Jewish life is a struggle. It's not that we, we, Noah already reached the pinnacle, he ate tamim, because he always, he listened. He was told, he listened. He didn't have to go any higher. There was no internal search. Everything HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, he listened. So he was already complete. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him this, he did it. He told him this. There wasn't any searching, there wasn't any struggle, there wasn't any challenge. Avram, our lives are a constant challenge. Lech lecha, go for yourself. Go find yourself. It's a constant challenge. That's why he never became tamim, because he never finished the struggle. He, ultimately, you're allowed to, we're allowed to daven. I would say not allowed to, we have to daven. We have an obligation to daven. We have a, an obligation to challenge Hashem. Ultimately, we have to realize that everything, everything Kosh Baruch does for us is for our good. But we're supposed to challenge and wrestle with what's going on with the Holocaust. Oh, not just to sit back and say, it happened, it's good. But that's why it's never an ending process for us. We're always supposed to challenge him. Ultimately, we have to realize that Kodesh Baruch, whatever he does, is just and right. But we're supposed to go through the process. And that's the difference between Noach and Avram. That's why Noach was called Tamim. He was already, because he was just a yes man. Kodesh Baruch told him he did it. There was no internal struggle. There was no challenge. He was never questioning Hashem. Avram's journey never stopped. That's why he can never be called Tamim. Okay. Okay, so now... Okay. <laughs> so now, Poel Sedek. Poel Sedek is an honest worker. Going Abba Chilkiyo. Abba Chilkiyo was the uh, grandson of Choni Yamagel. I lived in the time of the second base of Migdash, and it states that he, even when someone would say hello to him, he would never respond while he was working uh, because he didn't want to steal money from his employer. Right? How much more so? He didn't play solitaire on the computer. But, but he didn't even respond to someone. He was so machshi uh, of the person's money, his employer's money, that he did not even respond to Shalom to someone. Vidover M.S. Belvavo, someone who was honest in his heart, on Rav Safra. Rav Safra, the, the, in, in the Medrash, he brings a story that he had some, an object to sell, and he was in the middle of saying, Kriya Shema, and someone came and approached him and said, I'm going to give you $5,000. When, when Rav Safra was in the middle of uh, davening, or Kriya Shema, didn't respond to him, the guy understood it, the client understood it, that he was just ignoring him because it was an insulting offer. He doubled the money. When Safra finished, Kriyat Shemai says, I wasn't ignoring you, I'm going to take your first offer because that's really what I would have taken. You just misinterpreted my silence as, as ignoring you because it was an insulting offer. It really wasn't an insulting offer, I was just been That's how honest Rav Safra was. Lo rogal alishono, never spoke anything bad. Ze Yaakov Avinu, 
Ulayin Musheni Avi, this is last week's parsha. Ulayin Musheni Avi, maybe my father will feel me. Yitzchak, because he was blind. If I used to be enough kimmitate, I'll be like a jokester, like a jokester. So a couple of shatim here. One is that he didn't actually plan on tricking, because he says kimitate, I'm going to be like a jokester. Meaning, if he was actually deceiving his father, he wouldn't say kimitate. Rabbi Foreman has a beautiful piece on this in his book on Bracious, that the whole thing was really... Uh, the, Rivka was never planning to to lie to uh, to Yitzchak. It just it just turned out that way, but that was not her intention. Because if she really hadn't, if she really wanted, it makes sense. If you look at Psukim, because if you look at it, if she was so worried that his bracha would have such power, then she would also would have worried that his klala, that Yitzchak's klala, would have had power. And she says, "Alai kilaschah bini." Why would she be willing to take the curse if she put so much importance and belief in his brachos? Then his klalos would be just as powerful to the, for the for the worse. So in any event, but kimitate, I'd be like a jokester, meaning he wasn't really planning on joking on tricking his father until she got ruach hakodesh. That's what it says. The other possibility <laughs> is brought that, he, yeah, unclos, um, and the other one is that um, that he had all these possibilities to rat out Asaf uh, to Yitzchak who was blind. And to show his father, because it says, the Pasuk says that Rivka liked Ohev es Yaakov, Yitzchak Ohev es Esav. He never went ahead and ratted out Esav to Yitzchak to gain the Bechorah. So he was, so two possibilities of what this means by Yaakov, that Yaakov was an honest, honest man. Because already your klalot has been given. What is it? A lie. Later on, when he, Yaakov, had the situation with his children. A lie ha yukulana. A lie ha yukulana. Correct. Said, basically, a lie is the code. Because yeah. they, they, when they came to him, they said, I want Benjamin. Yeah. Now, now this king of Egypt wants oh. your son Benjamin. He said, what are you talking about? A lie ha yukulana. I already got my curse. Why are you now taking Naftal, uh, Benjamin? Which is Alai Ein Lamed Yud. What is Ein Lamed Yud? Ace of Love and Yosef. That's the girl. Beautiful. 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 Right? So, so excellent. So, Ayal just said, that's, that's, that's the Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon says that when, when she, he, Yaakov was complaining, you're going to take Binyamin, she says, I already had my curse. Ace of Lavon and Yosef. Alai Kilas, right? Alai Yuklana. I already had them. And now you're taking Binyamin. Excellent, Ayal. Thank you. Now you get, see? Now you, yeah, it's on there. Ayal Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> and and now, now you get, now you see, because it wasn't just in your mind. You actually said it beautiful. Now you get credit. What is the Gemara doing when it, when it went from talking about 613 to talking about people now? Oh, so, oh, beautiful. So that ended. So, David Amalek is saying, you know, you want to know how you can keep all 613 mitzvahs? Oh. You follow these 11 principles. Uh, and now we're giving examples of each uh, of the people who observed, who, who was the paradigm who was the, 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 the uh, you know, the, so, so Avram, we have Yaakov, now we have Chilkiyot, um, all these people. Don't do anything bad to your neighbor, that's referring to Shalayar, don't go ahead and, and um, uh, compete with your friend's business. This is anyone's Makarev, his, uh, his uh, family members. Nivzebein of Nimas, anyone who is abhorrent, you should be disgusting in your eyes, who's an example of the Chizkiyo Amelech, who Shegirer Atzmos Aviv Bemitel Shel Chavalim. Achaz was his father, was a rabid Oved Avodazara, was a bad person, a bad king, 
and when he went ahead and he died, his son Chizkiyo was fantastic, um, was, was, was a tzaddik, he tried to get rid of all the Avodah Zarah. He actually dragged his bones by, uh, by pulling the, by rope across the, uh, the town for everyone to see. He was mavazi, disgraced his... Uh, there's a different word that says the Chachamim agreed with what he did. Um, so even though there's a whole machlokas, whether, whole concept, whether you have to keep it of aim still applies after death. But if it's a Russia, it doesn't apply after death. So keep it of aim normally applies... Doesn't apply either. What? Kovod doesn't apply either for Russia. Kovod well, based on this, no. Yes. Okay, now, good. And those who fear Hashem, you should honor. This is the king. When he would see a Talmud Chacham, he would get up, he would hug him, he would kiss him, he would say, Avi, Avi, Rebbe, Rebbe, Mari, Mari. He would go ahead and give him all the acronyms and all the accolades, I should say, of calling him Master, my Rebbe. Now, today, by the way, a king is not supposed to do that, by the way, according to the Rambam. Um, if he goes and makes a nishba, a, a shvua that's going to be harmful and he doesn't back out of it this is referring to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan and he didn't want to eat in a certain place he says I'm not going to eat until I get home to my house and he really didn't have to go ahead and keep that because it was just a shvua that he made to get out of a certain jam but he went ahead until he kept the shvua until he got home which I don't know how long much later it was but it certainly wasn't inconvenience for him you don't go ahead and charge any any ribis any, um, any uh, interest even to a guy why? Rashi says, uh, Rivan says, because if you char- start charging interest to a guy, you're going to become more relegated to that, accustomed to that, and you're going to start charging to a Jew as well. And the last one, he never took any bribery. He gone to Rishmael Rabbi Yossi, who had a field and was supposed to be paid back. The, the person paid, was going to pay him back a day early. He didn't want to be paid back a day early because if he ever had to go ahead and adjudicate a case for him, he was going to view this guy favorably because he paid him back a day early. Even the potential for being mis, misguided in the verdict, that would have been considered enough bribery, and that's how, that's how uh, uh, righteous Rabbi Shmuel was. And we will pick up on here Mitzvah on Friday, and we will finish the Masachat on Friday. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way,